For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Horns up, talking Texas podcast. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tossman, the Rock Disciples, DJ Nikki Snacks, Crider. We're back. We beat Iowa State in a close one. So get your horns up, cuz here we go. Horns up, talking Texas pod. We barely, you know, it's never going to be enjoyable. That's just, everyone has to come to terms with that. It was enjoyable a couple weeks ago. It was enjoy. You know what? It was enjoyable a couple weeks ago. I was there for that. Uh, Shout out to my parents for being the good luck charms in the cotton ball. We have another guy joining us though. This man played for the horns DB last year. Now he's in the NFL. was a wide receiver transferred over to us. Was supposed to go to Arizona. Luckily, we snagged him over in Texas, played a couple years of Longhorn, now a New England Patriot, doing great work over there in the special teams. Brendan Schooler joining the fellas. Brendan, how are we doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, we are stoked to have you. There's such an interesting path you took. I will just start with the heavy right away. What was maybe the most surprising thing looking back on the way your college football career went? Was it the transferring? Was it? you know, the switching of positions. What was the most surprising thing you felt kind of along the way? Cause it's, it's just a wild journey. Yeah. I mean, I think it started like from the get go. It was just surprising where out of high school, I had one offer to the university of Wyoming and, you know, I chose to decline that offer and not sign with them on signing day. Cause nothing against, you know, the mountain West, but I was like, I, I can play at a power five school. Like I, I know where I belong. And so ended up, signing with Oregon June 30th. So I was enrolled at a JC. I was about to go there. Oregon came around, put me through a private workout, had the head coach down there, DC down there, my position coach, John Neal. He's the reason why I got there. So shout out John Neal. Mm-hmm. Um, but put, put me through a private workout. And then a week later, they're like, yeah, we got a spot for you. Roll up two days before fall camp started, miss summer, summer bridge, summer workouts, all that. Next thing I know, I made the two deep at corner and I'm starting on kickoff, the opening kickoff as a true freshman. And so I like get on the, get on the phone with my parents. I'm like, y'all got to come up to this game. Like I'm, I'm going to be playing. And so they scramble, you know, get, find plane tickets, get up there and see me play and had a pretty good freshman season. And then, you know, between all the head coaches leaving, I think I had three different head coaches in three years, uh, position switch from safety to, uh, to receiver when I was up there and then broken foot transferred, you know, COVID happened, transferred again, get to Texas. And then I get there and, you know, play receiver, boom, that whole stock gets wiped out. 
new staff comes in and then I switched back to safety where I started at. And, you know, that was only freaking half the journey. And then to get to like where I'm at right now, it's just been another one hell of a journey, you know, undrafted, going up to New England, having to prove myself, you know, earn the respect from the coaches, the players, you know, everybody in the building and then go out there and just do what I've, what I've loved to do since I've been eight years old. Yeah. I mean, anyway, it's a really easy go lucky coach up there in North. So I'm, I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure that in the NFL, it's, it's a little bit harder to, to make that switch. Cause you really have to focus in on one position, but you look at a guy like Taysom Hill on the saints who comes in as a quarterback, he's utilized as a running back. Sometimes he's on special mm-hmm. teams. He lines up as tight end. Like, if it's an option for you, or I don't know if you've had this conversation with your agents or with anybody in the coaching staff, like, would you see yourself be able to be used in multiple roles, special teams, as well as, you know, offensively and defensively? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to. And, you know, you got two prime examples with Matthew Slater, who, you know, played receiver was all pro bowler, special teamer, probably future hall of famer. And then you have, you know, Julian Edelman, who played defense, plays mm-hmm. offense, was special team. So they have a history of using guys, you know, wherever they need them. And I'd be, you know, more than happy to whatever the team needs, man, go out there. If I got to play left tackle, I'll play, play left tackle to the best of my ability. If I, they want me at receiver or safety. I mean, I just love being out there playing ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another guy who we think will be playing on Sundays. Definitely. We were talking about him on Saturday morning, somebody asked us for his player comp. Can you speak a little bit to Roshan Johnson, man? Because he's a guy we love on the show, and he's another guy that switched positions coming into Texas. I would just yeah. love to hear kind of like, you know, being around him, some of the similarities you saw in your guys' mentalities, you know, kind of like doing whatever the team needs first kind of mentality. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he was brought in as a quarterback at first. Yep. And then, yeah, I got moved to, <laughs> moved to running back. You know, I think that was the smart, smart decision right there. Um, but you know, getting to play with Roe, you just, the first thing you notice is just like the love of the game that he has. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kid just plays with his hair on fire and it's just, you can feel the passion when he's out there. I mean, I think it was last week against Iowa state, he goes down and just thumps the, the, the kickoff returner, you know, makes a big solo tackle as a running back, you know, and, you know, coaches at this level, they see that they see, you know, running backs who are big and fast can run down the field and make plays like you're only adding value for yourself. So getting the, getting to play with him, you know, it like amped my game up. I was like, okay, well, he's bringing the juice. Well, I'm going to have to match that energy and bring the juice with him. And I mean, the kid just loves the game. Like he's in the film room all the time. You know, he's always in the building film room, getting treatment, you know, when he wasn't in class or had, you know, other obligations. So, I mean, it's just like, yeah, everything you want in a teammate, that's real right there. That's Roshan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was, I mean, you saw many regimes, honestly. What's like the biggest difference maybe you saw in the Herman regime versus the Sark regime, positively? Yeah, I would say um, the, the, the willingness and like the wanting to when, when Sarkeesian came in the building, I think it was uh, like a breath of fresh air. And, you know, not that Herman didn't have players that wanted to play for him, but it was just like kind of a fresh start for a lot of guys on the team. Um, and you know, you, you had guys really buying in and I think we had a lot of leaders on the team who are older guys who are taking a lot of the guys who are on the fence of like, Oh, I'm buying in, or, you know, I'm gonna go do my own thing, you know, bringing them onto that side of I'm buying in. So I think it was just like kind of the perfect storm, um, of guys that were bought in, who were leaders, who were upperclassmen that were bringing those guys with them. And I think you kind of see that translate this year where like last year we didn't have the best record. 
Um, but this year you see guys just like balling out, buying in, doing, obeying to the culture and trusting the process and trusting these coaches that, you know, if we listen to what they say, we do it for, for each other. We do it for, you know, for the love of the game that we're going to, we're going to have a great record and that's going to take care of itself. Yeah. How, how how challenge? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nick. No, I was just going to say that I'm just to piggyback off you that you just, you see the difference in Mm -hmm. these guys just kind of doing things unselfishly. Like mm-hmm. we mentioned Roshan and Keelan Robinson, right? Making the most of his yep. opportunities on special teams as well. There's just so many guys at other programs where they kind of have that ego. If they're not the starting guy at their at their position, like they're they're going to transfer right off the bat, you know, like even if they're a freshman. And, you know, right now we've got guys who are just fully bought in, who just want to go out there and make plays for their team. And I I just think there's a culture change from the last few years to now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, like, uh, luckily, when I was at Oregon, I had guys who would come back who played in the league, and they would they would speak to the team. And one of the first things they would say is like, "You want to make it in the league if you're undrafted and if you're not, you know, a top first second round pick, like you have to play special teams." And mm-hmm. kind of just hearing that from multiple people, it's like, okay, well, something's clicking here. I gotta I gotta do something. And I've always kind of taken special teams, you know, say very very seriously. And it's like you have offense, defense, and special teams, and you can lose and win a game out of one of those three. And so you got to take all three of them just as serious as you do offense or defense. And I didn't care that I was a starting safety. Like I was on every special teams. I was out there. You're going to have to drag me off the field because I'm going to be damned if I put some guy who doesn't care as much as I do out there, he messes up and that causes us to lose the game. Definitely. Yeah. You always see that special teams players are the ones that kind of have the most heart on the team. I mean, they're just out there. You know, they, they put the, the 12th man for Texas A&M out there because he's the guy who's the most passionate, right, to go out just to yep. knock someone's head off. Hell yeah. <laughs> you uh, you ran a pretty nice 40 time at your pro yeah. day. Was yeah, that, wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. Was that something where you looked at that day as a real opportunity to really make a name for yourself and, and show off, like, your attributes? Was that something – because, you know – a lot of guys are going into that, especially at a school like our alma mater at Texas or, or Oregon. Right. And they might already know what, what round they're going to be drafted in. Um, you mentioned before we got on that Herbie, Justin Herbert was your, he was your roommate when you first got to Oregon. Like that guy knew he was being drafted uh, in, in the top 10 picks, right? There wasn't much he had to do extra at pro day, but was that something that you really um, you know, challenge yourself to go out there and make, uh, make an impact and make a name for yourself. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like every time you go out and you perform in front of, you know, coaches, uh, scouts, agents, whatever it is, like you want to put your best foot forward. And I think that was kind of my mentality going into it. It's like leading into, into pro day, I trained as hard as I could for as long as I could ate everything, right. Didn't drink, didn't do any of that stuff kind of took care of what I needed to take care of and going into pro day, it was just like, okay, well, this is what you've been waiting for. This is what you've been training for. This is every, you know, wind sprint that you've had in college, every time you're like, I hate this. I hate, you know, football right now, class sucks, all that led up to this moment. So it's like, you really don't have a choice, but to go out, put your best foot forward because whether you started football when you were, you know, in second grade or you started in high school, like, it's been your dream since you were a kid pretty much to go play in the NFL, especially if you're like a football player. And so it's like, well, this is 
an opportunity of a lifetime right now where I get to sit in front of all 32 teams, go out, show out, show, you know, how fast I am, how high I can jump, you know, all the intangibles that I know I have and I get to do it in front of them. So, I mean, for me, it was just an opportunity of a lifetime where I could, you know, take one step closer to living out my dream. Yeah. What's like, what's your mentality with pressure then in a sense? Cause like, you know, obviously you come on as an undrafted rookie, right? So the pressure mm-hmm. to make the rosters there, the, prof- the, pr- the pressure to perform well, and you're going to have to tell us exactly what you ate and drank the morning of your 44140. <laughs> you're not getting out of this, the show without telling us. Uh, and the Longhorn fan base and media, there's pre- like it's it's borderline. It's not the New York, may not be the New York Yankees, but it's close. You know, it's yeah. a really tough place to play. So what's your process maybe of taking in the positive, blocking out the negative or taking it all in and dealing with the pressures of, you know, making teams and and obviously playing to the best of your ability on on a big, big campus. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that I kind of fall back on is what kind of my dad raised my brother and I up on. It's like, you can't, you can't control, you know, what the media says about you. You can't control, you know, what all this outside noise is telling you, what you can control is like, you showing up every day, putting in the work, you know, not leaving any regret. Like there have been plenty of times where I was like, I do not want to finish this set of squat right now, but I know my skinny legs need it. So we're going to have to get under this bar and we're going to have to move some weight. Um, so just like, so just like, like shutting out the outside noise, that's the biggest thing. Like here we have like these sayings on our wall when you walk in and out of the building, it's like, don't feel the hype, ignore the outside noise, control you can control, be the best teammate you can be. And it's just like, like, all those ring so true. It's like, who cares what people tell about you? Like the whole like handing coach Belichick the ball thing, like those, those comments of those guys were like, oh, he's getting cut tomorrow. Like all this. I'm like, bro, like, I don't care what you have to say. You're like a troll on Instagram, Twitter, like whatever it is. Like, I'm going to worry about what the people in that building have to say about me because at the end of the day, that's all, that's the only opinion that matters mm-hmm. is like those guys in the building, my teammates and my coaches. I thought it was sick. Uh, you talked about, yeah, it's great. Uh, at Oregon, I mean, you just mentioned this, that you, there were guys that were, you know, pros coming back. Sounds like their advice was really pivotal and at least like shaping how you approached um, you know, just, just the, the game practice, everything lifestyle, when, mm-hmm. when your coaches are changing that frequently, mm-hmm. is that a major aspect of what helped your development and growth just as an individual and as a person in college? Because it's, it's, it's quite difficult. As we mentioned, like the, the change from Herman to Sark and guys that some guys saw, saw Mac, Charlie, and Herman, right? Some guys saw mm-hmm. three coaches, three completely different staffs, and that's happening in college all the time now. Um, guys getting different opportunities to go coach their own program, or, or just you know to be a to jump from from a QB coach to an OC somewhere, whatever it is. Like, is it about the the relationships with your teammates and the former pros? Like, how instrumental are those pieces in a in a college player's development? Oh, it's huge. I mean, when I, and I kind of had to learn this the hard way going up to Oregon and having, you know, three different staffs is I, you know, I loved my DB yeah. coach when, when, when he pulled me up there, like coach Neil, he was an awesome dude, um, had me and a couple other guys over for dinner here and there, just like a good, genuine dude, great coach. 
And so I really looked up to him. And so when that staff got let go, it's like, okay, well, who do I look up to now? Being a young guy still, you find the guys who do the right thing on and off the field, like in your teammates. And you kind of like look up to them as a role model and as kind of like a guide on how to do things right. And I think that 2016 class we had at Oregon, we went for it. We went, what was it, like four and seven? Like we had a terrible record. Like we were mm. garbage, four and eight, whatever it was. And we kind of like had this moment after that season. It's like, quote, we never want to feel this again. So like as a freshman class, when we finished, you know, our ride in that 2019 season that they went to the Rose Bowl, I unfortunately had already decided to step away from the team because I had a broken foot, medical red shirt, you know, there was a bunch of stuff that was going on, but getting to be part of like that mentorship of like kind of helping other young players, like, look, this is how I learned to do stuff. It's worked. We're on the right direction. Follow me. Let's go. And so having those older guys that to look up to was, was huge. And like setting the mindset of how you want to be, you know, the next season, because those guys aren't going to be there. You're going to have one team once because it just cycles yeah. through. So having to, you know, take advantage of every opportunity you can and learn as much as you can from all those older guys, because they've been through stuff too. And we played with guys who were on national championship teams at Oregon, you know, so listening to what they had to say and how they did stuff was like, I think super pivotal and like us forming the culture that we wanted and that we needed. Yeah. And it comes around. I mean, it, it comes around for you because look, now you're in the NFL and like, there's guys mm-hmm. that you have to look up to now. Like, are there any guys in that locker room that, that, you know, you stay close with that has been, been mentored to you? I mean, and you mentioned Slater already and I don't know how much Jules comes back to the organization, but there's gotta be some guys, right? Yeah. Matthew Slater, Cody Davis, Joe Cardona, Nick Fold, you know, Jake Bailey, like all those guys, like in the special teams room, like I look up to those guys, like older brothers, just cause they've been in the league, you know, I think Jake's going on to year four now, but that's still four years, four more years than I've been in the league. So like, what, what do I know? I'm, I'm going to listen to you guys and just hear whatever you have to say. And, you know, really lean on Matt and Matt and Cody just for like advice on the field, off the field. And like Jake and I, you know, talk about finances, like what I should invest my money in now so I can make money down the road, more money down the road. So just like having guys to talk to about that stuff. And same with Joe. I mean, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Like I love, getting to play for those guys like whenever someone makes a play on the field it's like where are my boys like I need to celebrate right now with them like this the, you work so hard and you only get so many opportunities to make those kind of plays that when you do it just so much so much better that you get to celebrate with those guys who you work so hard with and you look up to yeah absolutely I mean it's like thank god they allowed celebrations back in the NFL it's such a, <laughs> it's such a gong yeah. show it was like, ridiculous we don't need the Joe Horn like pull the cell phone out of the goalpost yeah we need, we need something a little, a little juice I mean come on you I mean look you we'll get to we want to know a little bit about uh a little Herbie fully loaded because we know you play with him in Oregon and he's an absolute uh, and you know what talk about the Monday night game though special teams was the difference yeah Special All across the, the board. There. Was, yeah, that was, was pretty huge. much the whole game. <laughs> uh, what do you think about our, our QB right now, the mullet? What are you seeing from him? I, he's talk, talk, He's every bit as advertised, it seems. But last game against Iowa State, he was a little chill, a little almost too chill. Too, like, it's mm-hmm. good at the end of the game to have him calm in that big fourth down moment. But I would love to see him foot on the gas the entire game. And it seems like sometimes he takes the pressure off and goes a little Cali on us. Uh, what are you seeing from like a wide receiver perspective and a defensive back perspective? 
how do those perspectives really kind of change maybe of like two sides of your brain? Not entirely sure, but what do you mm-hmm. guys from uh, number three over there? I mean, the first thing that I saw was that Bama game. I didn't, that was the first game I, I, I really got to watch them to mm-hmm. play. And when I was, when I saw him out there slinging the ball, I was like, yeah, this, this, this kid's going to be special. And just like his composure mm-hmm. on that stage. And I'm just like, dude, this kid looks like he's been there for four years now. Um, so just, just getting to see him go out there and do his thing and, and feed the guys on the team who are going to make plays. And, you know, I hear it all the time at this level. It's like, as a quarterback, get the ball to the guys who make plays. And that's when we'll start moving the ball. Like you don't need to hold the ball forever. Like get it to the guys that are going to do the work. You, you just be the commander of the offense and make plays when you need to make them. And so I think that's what I've seen him do is just be back there, be that poised guy in the back, in the pocket. And it's almost you want him to show emotion, but at the same time, like being cool hand Luke, I think calms everybody else down in times of like being frantic and, you know, things may not be going your way, but if you have a guy back there, who's like, bro, we got this, just give me the ball. I'll get it out to our playmakers and we're going to be fine. And so I think him having that cool hand Luke to him is, is only going to help the team, especially in like close games, like the Bama game was before he got knocked out. And in the Iowa state game, like, I don't think if, if he was as poised as he's as he was, then it could it could have been it could have gone a different way. Yeah, the confidence is just oozing out of him, and I know that uh, he's your successor in taking a uh, best hair off the uh, <laughs> Texas Longhorn football team. I mean, he's got the best set of set of hair right now. Um, but yeah, the confidence yeah. is just it's just out of this world for that kid. Um, you've got some OU teammates. How mm-hmm. was the answer after uh, the ass whooping that we handed to them? Uh, I, I mean, you know, I, I walked in the locker room and I kind of gave them the look and they, and they knew it. They're just like, yeah, it wasn't our best performance. Um, but I mean, I didn't give them too much crap about it. I mean, we don't play for them anymore. We can always support them, but they knew they, they knew what happened. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I saw Andre's a tough guy. I'm sure to like give credit right. to. He's a, yeah. <laughs> I saw Cole McCoy had to wear like a Texas tech Jersey after they beat us um, in the Arizona locker. I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury gave him crap for that, but yeah, I always have to ask, you know? Yeah. I think uh, so Cody Davis, he played at Texas tech and me and uh, Adrian Phillips had to wear Texas tech jerseys and take a picture with him after that game. So, I mean, there's always that kind of competitive edge still, but it's all, it's all fun in games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the tech was, Tech was a tough one, and there's definitely been a couple weird random nights at 3 a.m. I'd be like, God, I can't believe we lost that game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just have, like, that thought, like, of, like, all the things going on in my life. Like, that's what causes, you know, the people stress. Uh, and we, we've we given Hudson, like, an interesting time on our show. You know, we've obviously praised him, and we've also, you know, spoke candidly about him. But what are some things, you know, that we may not see in the locker room? Because I will say this. One of the most valiant things – Hudson did was stick with it when they gave the job, but they all but gave the job to yours from the jump. Like that was, they gave it to him. Hudson didn't transfer stayed and by and large, thank God we had him because it's, it's Mm -hmm. saved our season and kept our season together. What does that say about Hudson, you know, as a person, as a leader that the fans and media may not see off the field. I mean, I think he just, he just loves his teammates. I mean, that's what, that's what at the end of the day, that's who you're really playing for out there. I mean, because as soon as you step on the field, the coaches aren't out there, you know, the fans aren't out there, the media's not out there. It's like you and the guy next to you. And as cliche as it sounds, I mean, it's true. It's because like if you're if you don't trust and you don't like genuinely like like your guys, 
it's going to hard, it's going to be hard to form that connection and that bond. And when you're out there and it's crunch time that you need. So I think like a lot of people really don't see that. It's just like the genuine love that he has for the game and his teammates where, you know, he's going to go out there and do whatever he's asked to the best of his ability. Yeah. I mean, it's blatant. You're one of the boys here, man, but I'm going to mm-hmm. make you potentially pick between two right here. Who are you most impressed with when, you know, in your Texas days and 40 acres X-Man or Bijan Dijon who, who kind of blew you away more? Um, it's a tough one. That is tough because I mean, when X first got on campus, you could tell, I mean, this kid has got some wheels to him. Yeah. And I think he really, he really grew once, you know, his confidence was there and he does, he does things for the team that, you know, I think they wouldn't be where they are right now without him. And I could say the exact same thing about Bijan. As soon as he stepped on the campus, like this, this was the guy mm-hmm. and he's only, he's only embraced it and he's only taken on the, the load more since he's been there. And I mean, he's the workhorse right now. Him and Ro are just the workhorses back there. So I mean, without those two, especially Bijan, I mean, if I had to pick one, I think I'm gonna have to go with Bijan just because, like, you hand that boy the rock, he's gonna he's gonna get you yards, and yeah. he's he's gonna wear and tear the whole defense, the whole game, and it's just gonna it's gonna be ugly for the defense at the end of the game. That's the kicker on him. It's like you watch the big runs are amazing. Like everyone will always uh-huh. point to those, but it's like when he runs in when he runs into the line and it's like, all right, this is a one yard play. And the next thing you know, you see him like slip slither through mm-hmm. right? like seven or eight yep. yards. Like how it's the seven, eight yards, seven, eight yards. It's like the chunk plays, you know, yeah, the short chunk plays that he gets. He's so committed to moving the ball. I can't remember the last time I saw him have like a real negative play. I'm sure he has, but like the negative plays are so rare with that guy. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think, like, he's got so much power, too, behind him. Like, mm-hmm. I think that last offseason going into my last year at Texas, like, me and him were, like, on the same squat rack. <laughs> we, can't <do> it. <laughs> we, can't, we can't do this much longer, guys. <laughs> like, kids just got crazy strong legs, and he's got the ability to just run you over. And then there's been – I can't even account how many times in practice, you know, I'm coming in, like, I got a great angle on him. I'm going to make a good tackle, and it's just like that side cut. It's like, oh, there he goes, like type thing. So, I mean, the kids just got all the intangibles you want. Cash the ball out of the backfield, made that huge play out of the backfield against Iowa State, you know, took the hit and came up with the ball still. So it's like yeah. the kid can just do it all. Without a doubt, is he your number one running back taken in the draft next year? Yeah. Got it. And right? I'm like, I might, I might be a little biased because he's my dog. Like, me and Bijan are super good friends, but like I just really don't see anybody else going above him. I mean, he's everything he's I been think, prom- like. He, I mean, he's done everything promised, basically. You know, like yeah. he was a highly recruit, and like now he's just showing out every week. He gets stronger, hundred yard game, hundred yard game, and like the pass catching ability is ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah, I'm, unbelievable. I think I think probably collectively the four of us have all watched a lot of ball, and I, mm-hmm. obviously, Brennan, you've you've played a lot of ball. Like he does things <laughs> that I've never seen other guys do before, which is saying something. You know, like yeah. some of those cuts, some of those, the way he bounces off guys, it's like a little, I mean, Kamara, I guess, like when he was, you know, his first couple of years in the league where he was just so mm-hmm. elusive and no one could, no one could even get a rap on that guy. Like it's, it's wild. It's wild. No, what, it's awesome so you, you're a, you're a Cali guy, right? Mm-hmm. Grew up in Cali. Did you mm-hmm. surf when you were growing up? 
Yeah, I learned how to surf when I was like five years old. Yeah, that, that's, that's a shocker. <laughs> I, yeah. feel like not enough, I, I feel like not enough people were talk, are talking about like, you know, he got his feet from surfing first. That's where the balance comes from. That's why he's in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> give it, give it a few weeks. That's what they'll be talking about. I'm, I'm calling it now. That's my, that's my one call. Yeah. Not a lot of waves in New England, though. Yeah, not a lot of good ones. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know what? Stick around in the summer. I'm from Long. I'm originally from. I'm up. I'm from up there, from Long Island. Go to like Maine. Go to like Long Island in, in the summer. Stick around up there. Like I don't he's know. gonna come back to Cali in the summer, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he's not sticking up. Yeah, point. I'm just like, never mind. We'll Don't take my travel. You could punt my travel plans. You could punt them. You could get rid of them. No, no need to take the advice. All right, let's. Um, I've always wanted to ask because yeah. this day and age, we see so many guys transferring here and there, and it, it's always nice, you know, to see you guys get bigger and, and better opportunities. For you though, like, do you did they both have a really special place in your heart, Oregon, Texas, equally, or like, did you find yourself favoring one over the other? I don't yeah, want to put I mean, you on the spot, like, but like, you know, no, you're good. I think Oregon, like I had a really solid group of friends. Like we have, I lived in a house with six other guys and they were like my best friends up there. Like we did everything together. Um, so I had like a solid group up there and I think that's what made it so much fun is we did everything together and we we're with each other all the time. And like, I'm not a big fan of like Oregon in the rain and, you know, the cloudiness and the, you know, everything looking so sad, but being with those guys, I think helped a lot. And, you know, I met a lot of really cool people, a lot of really good connections up there and, you know, getting to play for the university of Oregon, it's like, especially being on the West coast, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing over there to do that. So those uniforms. Yeah. 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 And playing in Austin. I mean, I don't think I've been in a lot of stadiums that have been louder than Austin. So it's like a kick-ass place to play. And then you come to Texas and, you know, you got, the tradition and, you know, the love of the game and the passion from the fans and, you know, all the cool stuff that comes along with getting to play at the university of Texas. I, it's, it's a real close tie. I mean, the atmosphere at both, both stadiums is, is unmatched. So like if I did, I'd have to flip a coin and just whatever yeah. one it lands on, I'm like, all right, I'll so be cool with either one. If Texas and Oregon are playing at the same time on a Saturday, I mean, are you trying to put <laughs> both of them on or what? Like double screen? Yeah, I mean, I watch more Texas because I know more guys there. And I think, you know, I think since I've been out of Oregon, I think there's been like this is their second head coach since I've left. So like yeah, I don't regime. know I don't know a whole lot of guys there. I think yeah. I know like the head EQ guy there maybe like a handful of players still, right. but at Look, Texas, at, at, I know. At the end of the day, your Madden player card says Texas. So that's all I, <laughs> exactly. say. I just have more connections now at Texas and I know a whole lot more people. So if I'm, if I'm watching, I'm watching Texas. On I also Saturdays. feel like Austin is one of those places. And we talk about this all the time with Quan, but it's a place where players want to come back and like enjoy the city and like go yeah. back to university and like, Nothing against Oregon, but I don't necessarily think that a ton of players are going back to Eugene to like live there and like, you know, Mm -hmm. do much of anything there besides go to a game. Yeah. And so like my folks live just north of Austin and Round Rock right now. So nice. Well, when I do Georgetown, so there we go. There we go. Right next to each other. When I go, when I go back to visit them, you know, I always head head back into Austin, you know, go down to sixth street, like say hi to all my buddies you know, have a good time. So it's like, it's, it's definitely a place that I love going back to and visiting. And, you know, I can definitely see myself living in Texas. Like once football is all said and done, 
and you know maybe it depends like it could be you know dallas area fort worth or austin i'd be fine with either one of those yep so i love it out there in texas though what was yeah, your favorite your hair if it's gonna be dallas fort worth though <laughs> be careful dude like, what was your favorite yeah. Uh, yeah what was your favorite oregon uniform to put on there's so many yeah um i think my favorite one was my sophomore year it was like our stomp out cancer ones. It was like all white with some yellow in it and silver. And we had like the chrome helmets with the wings on it. Ooh. And I've got some pretty cool pictures of like, you could see just the reflection of everything. Those are probably like my favorite ones we got to wear. It was, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's you, dope. How has Herbert exceeded your expectations in the NFL or is this kind of what you saw? Because I, no, this, he was, this is what I saw. You knew. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the kids, like our freshman year together were, in the off season and we're playing like pickup basketball against, you know, some frat guys and I get a rebound and I'm going down the right side of the court and I see him streaking down the left. He like throws the hand up. I'm like, all right, Ali, throw it up. And the ball's got to be like almost top of the square. And he just goes up one hand and just like throws it straight down. And I'm like, yo, what just happened? Like that's our quarterback right there. And so the kids is an all state, player in basketball baseball and football in high school like he's a freak athlete that's, that's crazy insane. i mean the same thing happened yeah. to me actually freshman year with tyrone swoops but he's like a he, he was an nfl tight end you know yeah. like and i mean so and but like swoops is one of the craziest athletes that we saw at texas and the fact that herbert is going up there and like not it's not even like you're just throwing up there he's getting everyone he's like telling you to do it like it's yeah like he's like, reverse, like, it like if he didn't play quarterback he could totally play tight end Oh yeah, hundred percent. Nuts. It's yeah, it's really he's like fast too. He's fast. Like, yeah, people don't realize it, but he can move. It's yeah. kind of scary. No, he's he's like, he's him. Like I mean, Allen and Hurts, like these guys get all the credit, but like it's no shake on guys like Herbert Mahomes. Like these guys are still like very like I saw Mahomes Mahomes make a run the other day that wasn't that was like a thirteen yard escape and his feet his feet his footwork feet work mm-hmm. his footwork coming out you know and getting over the line and just getting out of bounds and getting that extra inch every time like mm-hmm. these guys are so agile so athletic oh yeah these days it's honestly insane uh what are some of your favorite things like you know because obviously we all love Austin Six Street's incredible and you know <laughs> when everyone tell you I mean look people like why is Austin so great I'm like we, you know everyone's young the women are great the food's better and the drink is the best like how like you can't what are some of your favorite things to do in Austin just out of curiosity yeah I love going on the lakes man whether it's Austin or Travis like I got a buddy who has who's got a lake house on Travis and then we know a bunch of guys who got boats on Austin so I mean I love going out on the water in the summertime and just being out there all day long and then getting to come back regroup and go out on the sixth street hit rainy <laughs> long you know days. I mean uh, it was the, the, those are fun days though. Like on the, on the weekends when you had off time, I love getting to do that stuff, go outside, do something, go skeet shooting with me and my brother, you know, whatever, whatever it was we were doing. I was like, I just want to be outside enjoying, you know, the nice weather. When did your family move to Round Rock? So they moved up to Round Rock about, I want to say, so I was there in the, I got there right before the season started. And so they came out to my games and they kind of saw what Austin was all about and what Texas was all about. Oh, wow. And they moved out there, I want to say, I want to say like going into spring ball, that's when they kind of got out there. 
So like in March around that time. Nice. So they've been out there for, for a little while now, but I was like, yeah, you guys should come yeah. out here for games, see what it's all about. Cause my yeah. dad has been wanting to move to Texas forever. hundred percent. And so kind of convinced my mom and then they've been out there ever since. Yeah. I was wondering if, if they were out there before you or you out there before them, I moved to Texas from San Diego when I was 11. So I'm kind of same, same boat a little bit, California boy, yeah. Texas boy, but you know, still respect the California teams. And then of course my Texas Longhorns. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. All right. We always ask all our guests this. Everyone answers it. It could be from you playing, watching, could be, you know, last week and two weekends ago, could be your first moment, could be before you played college ball. What is your favorite memory as a Texas Longhorn? <sighs> I would have to say my first touchdown. I mean, because like I was there for a week and a half before our first game got thrown in there catch a hitch route flip the formation another hitch route and turn around stiff arm the guy and take it to the crib so like two catches for like 50 yards and a touchdown <laughs> so I think that's probably like my favorite mem- like memory from there is just like getting there getting thrown out there and just scoring and just being like well this is what's going to be and like. that was at home too right yep yeah, there's. I feel like there's nothing like scoring at Texas at home. You know, just throwing mm-hmm. up the horns and the entire yeah. I mean, goes the crazy. cannon. Like how like how loud was it? How did time move for you? Like at, you you get to the end zone, did like you black out kind of thing, or did like yeah. freeze, like almost <laughs> that, like, or freeze frame like in a bit, like the sounds and everything. Yeah, I mean, like it happens so quick that like when you when it's over, you're like, what just happened? And like it kind of slowly pieces back. Like okay, I remember doing this, but it all just like happens so quick and it's just like muscle memory of like you see something happening stiff arm or making a tackle whatever it is jumping on a fumble it's just it happens so quick that it's just instinct and you don't really have time to be like oh my gosh this is happening until it actually happens and you're like okay like let's go back and what just actually happened yeah. so that's what it, that's what it's kind of like that's man, that now I, that my head is in a blender talk about an ultimate shower thought like everything like <laughs> all these athletes like acting on instinct and then like having to go back and like really think about all yeah. that it's just it's a mind meld uh, in itself well brendan thank you so much for joining us man appreciate you we'll get you back on with q if your game hopefully you know the horns so it's hopefully it's just this we're big kool-aid yep. drinkers we're big like yep. <laughs> he's already lost caleb williams and lincoln riley are down bad Caleb's we're crying. already counting the teams in front of us going down uh and hopefully it's a big trajectory but to keep doing your thing man keep busting ass for the pats and you know keep working your ass off we'd love to see it out there this show is brought to you by betonline.ag go to betonline.ag today use the promo code believe and get 50 percent off your first deposit so whatever your first deposit is at betonline.ag and you could bet on anything futures for mlb nba playoffs is right around the corner actually it's here. It's upon us. Playing games start tonight. So go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get 50% off your first deposit. Thanks for joining us. We outcha. We love you. Fans out there, drag both feet about swinging a full counter. up that puck, hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they free. Hit your free throws because they are free. Hook them.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.